Now that we have finished the Parakim on Shlema Melech, the story of Shlema is not complete without the fascinating events of Shlema and Ashmedai, the conclusion of their uh, encounter. We learned when Benio is sent to capture Ashmedai, we covered that in an earlier shir, but there's an end to the story that ties into the punishment that Shlema had for uh, the mistakes that he made, and when he temporarily, during his Malchus, lost the Malchus to Ashmedai. So let's go through. It's a Gemara. It's the basic story is a Gemara in Gittin on Dafsamaches Beis, and there are various midrashim that give a, a little bit more detail. The Shir, as always, was started as a Schosli Linishmas, Yicheskel Shraga ben Avram Yehuda, it should also be a Schosli Linishmas, Rebchil Mechon ben Asher, Moshe ben Daniel, Chem Eloza ben Shemshanarye, and Astatzero Bas Yicheskel, as well as a Schosli for Shleim of Chaim Moshe Shua ben Malka, and Chaim Dov ben Minarachel. Why is the story not included in the basic Sifrei Tanakh? So for that, we have the Marikara we learned last time, together with the Maral, who say that only that which was relevant for future generations was written down in Tanakh, and therefore you can have Fascinating stories like Avram Avinu being saved from the fire in Urkazdim, that's only hinted at in the Psukim, and the story of Shlomo and Ashmedai, which is not even mentioned. So let's go through the story. So one day, Shlomo has Ashmedai uh, captive, and he was chained with a chain that had the Shem Hashem on it, so he couldn't break free. Shlomo also had a ring with the Shem Hashem on it. So one day, Shlomo goes to Ashmedai, and he wants Pshat in a Pasuk that says, Kisaya Faisraim Loi. Where Chazal say Kesayafais refers to the Malachim and Re'im refers to the Shadim. So Shlomo wanted uh, Ashmedai to explain in what way Shadim are greater than human beings. Ashmedai replied, if you remove my chains and give me your ring, I'll show you my strength. So Shlomo agrees. Ashmedai swallowed Shlomo Melech, placed one hand on the Shemayim and one hand on the Aretz, and spit Shlomo, the Gemara says 400 parsois, a very long distance outside of Eretz Yisrael. And at that time, he only had either, as a Machlekes Rav and Shmuel, he only had either his staff or his clothing. But basically, he had to go begging door to door. He had nothing to eat. And people did not believe him when he said he was Shlema Melech. He went around saying, Ani Kaheles, the Yisim Melech, Al Yisrael, Bi that Pasuk from Kaheles. And yet, people did not believe him. A woman gave him a plate of barley and hit him with a cane over the head and said, the measure says, She said, Isn't Shlema sitting on the throne? Why are you claiming that you're. Shlema Melech Yisrael. Ashmedai assumes the form of Shlema Melech, and Ashmedai is sitting on the throne. So nobody knows this even happened. Shlema is forced to go begging. Two people recognized him on his way back to Yerushalayim. And one of them bowed down to Shlema and invited him to his house for a meal. He put in front of Shlema a Sudas Melech. He slaughters oxen, serves him a lot of delicacies, and then he starts to, he starts to, Reminisce about what used to be in Shlomo's Malchus, all the things that Shlomo accomplished, all the things that Shlomo had. Shlomo wept through this meal. He got up the next day and left. He was, he was just full of crying. The next day, the other person comes and bows down in front of Shlomo, and he also invites Shlomo to a meal. When Shlomo arrives, the host washed Shlomo's hands, Shlomo's hands and feet, but served him a very meager meal of just vegetables. The man began to comfort Shlomo, telling him, my, my master, the king, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, swore to your father David that the Malchus would never stop from his descendants. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will certainly return you to the throne. Upon hearing this news, Shlomo was calmed down and he was happy with the meal. So Shlomo goes back and when he writes Mishlei, he writes, 
Archas Yorok Viavo Shame Mishar Ovos Vicinaboy. That he he says a meal that's full of vegetables but contains love and contains words of warmth is better than a fattened ox that has hatred in it, meaning the meal where the guy's making him feel bad and reminiscing and telling him about all the things that used to be and that he had to weep through that meal. Eventually, Shlomo makes his way back to the Sanhedrin. Now, they observed that Shlomo never changed his claim that he was Shlomo. And usually, when someone goes mad, they make different claims. They don't always stick to the same talking point. And yet, Shlomo never veered not, not one iota from saying that he was Shlomo and he was the Melech and that he was thrown off the throne. So the Sanhedrin decided to investigate. They found that Ashmedai was, first of all, having relations in his socks to cover up his feet, which were the feet of a shade. Furthermore, he was approaching his wives who were in Nida. Also, supposedly his mother, Bathsheba, and they understood that this was erratic behavior. This was not behavior that was appropriate for someone of Shlomo's stature. So they gave Shlomo a ring and a chain that bore the name of Hashem. He went to Ashmedai. When Ashmedai saw him, he ran away in fear. But Shlomo did not capture him. He escaped, but he never came back. Now this punishment, says the Ben Yoyada, was brought upon Shlomo through a shade because of the many wives and horses that Shlomo had, had, um, had gathered together. And the Gemara says that before Shlomo married the Nashim Nachriyas, the foreign women, he was king even over the uh, higher beings, meaning Malachim and Ruchais. When he failed to do tshuva, he became king only over the people. Later, he was a king only over Yerushalayim, and then finally was a king only over his bed. In the end, Ashmedai sent him away, and he became a king only over his staff until he was eventually restored to his Malchus. For the rest of his life, Shlomo remained in fear of Ashmedai, and this is referred to that Shlomo used to have, be surrounded by mighty, uh, a bunch of mighty uh, warriors to protect him. The Pasuk in Shir refers to this in Paragimel, there was 60 gibayim surrounding his bed. They were all experts with the sword in battle. Each man with his sword over his hip. It's because of the fear of things that go bump in the night, which refers to Ashmedai. Shlomo was always in fear of Ashmedai. So it's a great story. It's a fascinating story. Is there a lesson to be learned from the story? So the Sichos Moses says there's one lesson that we can learn from the story, and that is that a person can be at a very high level and fall very quickly. For example, Klai Yisrael in the Midbar, one minute they're getting the Torah, and then 40 days later they're worshipping the Egel Azov. And yet there are people that don't get up after they fall. Examples of this are with the upcoming Yantaf of Shvuis, the story of Arpa. Arpa, after she left Nami, went off, and the Gemara tells us not only went off, but went completely off, and was Mizana with tens of men that night, and ultimately um, became an enemy of the family of Rus. Similarly, the Gemara tells us the story of Gechazi, who also went off, and Oisai Ha'ish, who also went off, after they were distanced by Elisha and Rabbi Shua ben Prakia. What's the lesson? The lesson is that even after you fall spiritually, don't keep falling. Stop and get back up. And that's the lesson here from Shlem Melech. Even after falling from the Malchus, Chazal say that he still ruled over his own staff. What does that mean? It means that the wisest of all men recognized 
He was humbled, but he recognized that while all he had was his staff, he was still a king. And Shlomo held on to the attribute of Malchus, the stature of Malchus, and that helped him ultimately regain his throne. He didn't throw in the towel and say it's a lost cause. And because I fell so far and I lost so much, it's hopeless. Just the opposite, Shlomo turned around and Shlomo worked his way back and ultimately reassumed the Malchus. And that is the lesson from Shlomo Melech, to stop yourself from falling. Sheva yipol tzadik v'kom. A tzadik falls seven times and he still gets back up. Seven times you can fall. The same mistake over and over and over again. But keep reminding yourself that it don't let the Avera define you like Oisoyoyish, like Arpa, like Gechazi, and don't be defined by it for the rest of your life, but rather get back up. It's really a beautiful lesson brought by the Sichas Musar. I also want to mention from the Dubna Magid, he has a great question. He says he wants to know why Hashem chose to punish Shlomoi through a shade. Why not just have someone else, a person, a human being, assume the throne? Why put Ashmedai specifically a shade on the throne? So he brings a mashal to explain this. This is in his Sefer Kol Yaakov. There was a very wealthy man who once went to a distant country to invest. And he discovered over there that they have diamonds that were very cheap that he could sell at a huge profit back at home. So he takes all the money that he brought with him and he buys diamonds. Now he wants to go back home. So he goes to find a boat. The problem is he has no money. He has to sell one of the diamonds and in order to pay for his boat ride home. So he goes to the marketplace to sell the diamond. He finds two people. One of them is an expert in diamonds who offers him an exorbitant amount of money. The other is a person who just, he's a pawn shop owner. He doesn't know the value of things and he offers a minimal amount for the diamond. He doesn't realize its true value. So the person sells it to the pawn shop owner for the minimal amount of money. So his son who was with him questions his decision. I don't understand, Abba. Why would you sell it for so much less when you could have gotten so much more money for it. So the father answers, you don't understand my intention. If I wanted to get the most profit out of selling this diamond, you're right, I would have sold it to the expert for more money. But that's not my intention. My intention is to go back home and to sell it for even more profit than I could have gotten here. So in order for me to do that, I'm going to have to go home and then buy back this diamond from whoever I sold it to, this last diamond. Well, if I sold it to the expert, he's going to charge me an arm and a leg back for it. If I go back to the pawn shop owner to buy it, he doesn't know the true value. So if I go in a month from now and try to buy it back from him for, and I pay a little bit more than he paid me, he'll be happy, he'll be thrilled with the transaction, and I'll be able to get it back. Since he doesn't know the true value, I'd rather sell it to someone who doesn't know the true value so that one day I can get it back. Says the Dovnamagid, this was the same intention of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu would have put a human being in Shlomo's place, then Chazal tell us that when one person is appointed to Gedula, it's his to lose. He can't just be removed. You have to lose it. You, you have to be put in a position of power and forfeit it by mistakes. That's not the case with Ashmedai. Ashmedai was not able to hold the Malchus simply because he was a shade. That wasn't his role in this world. He's different than an Adam. So therefore, it would be easier when the time came for Shlomo to regain the throne by throwing Ashmedai off, as opposed to a human being. A human being, Shlomo couldn't just come and take back the throne. If Hashem would have appointed someone to the throne, that person would have had to have done some mistake, some Avera, that would cause him to forfeit the throne. Otherwise, he would not have been reduced from that Gidula. And therefore, says the, the Magid, Hashem did a tremendous chesed to Shlomo by having Ashmedai take the throne, so that as soon as Shlomo was able to come back, and he could regain the throne without waiting 
for someone else to be removed. The Dabdamaga ties this in beautifully to the nevuah that was given to Shaul right after he failed with Amalek. Shmuel says to Shaul, Kara Hashem es mamluchos Yisrael me'alecha yoyim. Hashem has torn the melucha of Klai Yisrael away from you. Unisana l'reach ha'tov v'imek and has given it to your friend who's better than you. V'gam neitzach Yisrael lo yishakir v'lo yinachim ki lo yadam hu liyinachim. That God doesn't change his mind and God doesn't lie and if God said this is going to happen, it's going to happen. So the obvious question is, what, what do you mean? You have to tell Shaul that Hashem doesn't lie? Shaul's a tzaddik. He knows how God works. He, know God, he knows God doesn't lie. Why would you tell him, or why was it necessary to tell him that he's not like a human being who changes his mind? So there's a famous Rambam. The Rambam, this is in Hilchos Yesodi Atayra Perek Yud. The Rambam writes that a nevua for bad can be changed if a person does tshuva or if people do tshuva, like we find by Ninveh. But a nevua letoiva cannot be changed. So what did Shmuel tell, tell Shaul? He said to Shaul that you're going to lose the malchus. Now that alone could be rescinded if Shaul does tshuva. However, Shmuel continues, that now it's a nevua letoiva for someone else, for David. A nevua letoiva for David cannot be changed. So what was Shmuel telling Shaul? That because it's a nevuah letoiv, Hashem will not change it. So don't think that you're going to be able to do, to do tshuva and be mevatel dekzeira because it's already been given over by Hakadosh Baruch Hu to someone else. And a nevuah letoiv lo yishakev lo yinachem, Hashem doesn't change. So don't think that tshuva is going to change this end result. So it comes out from this Dumna Magid that although the story of Ashmedai seems like a tragedy for Shleimah. It was really a tremendous chesed that Hashem did by putting Ashmedai on the throne and punishing Shleimah that way so that he was able to retain, restore the Malchus to himself and ultimately uh, end, his, end his Melucha as a Melech, uh, live out his days as a Melech, as opposed to had someone else been put there instead. That Nevuah Latoy for someone else would not have been able to be undone unless that person would have fa- failed or made some mistake of their own. And this is a kiyam of the promise, just to bring it full circle, and we'll end the story of Shlomo Melech with this. This was the promise that Hashem made to David that ultimately came true. What did Hashem promise David would happen with his son? Asher Baha'a this is back in Shmuel Bey's Perek Zayim, Pasuk Tezvav, Asher Baha'a that when he sins and he needs to be rebuked, with the stick of man, but nevertheless, my kindness will not be removed from him. That uh, just as it was removed from Shaul, that I removed from before you. What is Hashem promising David? That when I have to punish Shleimai, I am not going to do it like I did it to Shaul, where I put you in place of Shaul, and therefore Shaul could not regain the Malchus. When I have to punish Shleimai, I will be the one to put the punishment in place, and I will make sure that it is not done in a way that it can't be undone in the future. And that is the, uh, the promise of David, this, the, the connection that David had with HaKadosh Baruch Hu earned him that his children forever would retain the Malchus, and ultimately, in the times of Mashiach, the Malchus will come back under David HaMelech. Shleimai made a mistake, Shleimai stumbled, and the Malchus was torn apart from him, as we will learn, and ultimately leads to disaster, but the promise that Hashem made to David lives on, and the Malchus ultimately one day we should be zaycha to see it come back once again under the banner of David and his descendants.